Thank you for supporting Overcomers Christian Center. From wherever you're listening, we hope that today's message leaves you feeling empowered and equipped. But this day has been set aside to celebrate with our mothers. And we're just so grateful. This day has been set aside to honor the ladies in our lives, the vessel that brought us into this side of the earth. Today is the day. Mothers, we just say we celebrate you, we appreciate you, we recognize you. We may not say it enough, but thank you for being you. Thank you. Turn with me to Acts chapter 12. We're going to look at verses 12 through 13 as our base scripture. And again, I'm so grateful for the opportunity. I don't take it lightly. Just grateful. Acts chapter 12, verses 12 through 13. And it reads, So when he had considered this, he came to the house of Mary, the mother of John, whose surname was Mark, where many gathered together praying. Verse 13, and as Peter knocked at the door of the gate, a girl named Rhoda came to answer. As we go further into the word on today, I want to leave in your hearing the topic, the subject, if you will, women of impact in the faith. Women of impact in the faith. Mother's Day is a day, a holiday set aside to celebrate, to commemorate, and honor motherhood. If we go to Exodus, if you would, Exodus chapter 20, and look at verse 12. The word of the Lord reads, Honor your father and your mother, that your days may be long upon the land, which the Lord your God is giving you. Honor, promote. Glorify in a good sense your father and your mother. And the word of the Lord says that your days may be long upon the land. When we honor our mothers, our fathers, according to the scripture, it lengthens our days here on the land. Leviticus 19, if you would turn, please, because I know sometimes we do things because it's popular. It's the most popular thing in the store. We allow consumers to tell us how we should honor and recognize people. But when we honor our mothers, our fathers, it's biblical. It's deeper than what we see. What's going to go on sale today may not be on sale by tomorrow. It's deeper than 
what we may have thought it was. It, it is really and truly obeying the word of the Lord. Acts 9, excuse me, Leviticus 19, pardon me, verse 3. It says, every one of you shall revere his mother and his father and keep my Sabbath. I am the Lord your God. Every one of you shall reverence or stand in awe to your mother and to your father. And keep my Sabbath. I am the Lord your God. According to Leviticus 19 and 3, our mother and father should inspire reverence or godly fear in us to the point that we will not just say any old thing and we will not do any old thing to them. We will do all that we can to love, support, and care for them whether we agree with them or everything or not. The scripture didn't give us that condition. Didn't say if you agree with your mom and your father, you honor them. But it did say to honor. We love, honor, and reverence them because God commands us to do so. In my opinion, specifically mother. A mother is a woman who is a teacher, a nurturer, a provider, a supporter. I could go on the list. These women help to shape us, give us identity, cultivate who we are as individuals. Whether you are a mother, oh, I'm, I'm, I got it, I got it, I'm good. I'll take that for support, but I'm good. Whether you are a mother, an auntie, Come on now. A grandmother, a godmother, a sister, a teacher, a counselor. Ladies, thank you for being a mother. You've inspired so many people that you can't quite comprehend. You say, but first lady, why are you emotional? Because Pastor Dobbs, he don't go down like this. What is going on? Like, what is happening? But you know, we different. We love each other, but you know, we got our own spin to it. And and, and my tears come with my passion to say how much I realize the importance of honoring mothers. Because, see, we live in a time where we want to do what we want to do. And we want to just push mothers over to the side. But that ain't the will of God. That's not the will of God. You know, sometimes we just take, take, take. We think mom is in our lives to just take from them. And mom, can you do this? Mom, can you handle this? But the Lord says you need to honor your mother. And you don't have to wait for a commercial holiday. But every single day of your life, you thank God for your mother. Oh, I'm going somewhere today. But sometimes the Lord knows what we need. And if I just speak it, it may not hit. But when you see the tears in my eyes, you understand the significance of what it means to celebrate the instrument that allow you to be ushered unto the earth. 
Oh, I know you may not always agree. And I know mama got her opinions. And come on, mamas, we don't, bl- we don't mind sharing our opinions. But an opinion is an opinion. It's only a perspective. And when the opinions of your mother aligns with the scripture, mm, you got something special. So mothers, we thank you, we celebrate you, and we appreciate the impact that you have on us. And you say, well, I don't have children yet. Yeah, but you got some children in your world. You're impacting You said, well, I don't know if I'll ever have children. I don't know if I even want children. But that's okay. Because there's some young person in this life that desires to have that nurturer, that supporter, that encourager in their lives. So let's go deeper into the word on today. And we're going to look at the word impact. What is impact? Because we're talking about women of impact in the faith. Impact is to have a strong effect on someone or something. See, when you make an impact on someone, it is life-changing. And preferably, the impact is positive and the impact is not negative. Because some of us have had the impact to be negative, and it hindered us. It caused us to doubt ourselves. It caused us to second-guess ourselves. We lost confidence in areas that we, we should have had confidence in. See, that was a negative impact. But when there's a positive impact, when there is a, a strong effect, when, when someone says, that I believe in you, You can do this. The Lord loves you. You keep loving on yourself. You take care of yourself. Girl, you're looking good. Boy, I know that God's going to use you for greatness. See, that's something positive. And, And if you're not thinking straight, come on now, that will cause you to go in the direction the way that God would have you to. It's called a positive impact. And so we're going to look in scripture today, and we are going to meet two ladies in the text. And, and, and what I like about these ladies is that I don't read Dr. So-and-so. I don't read um, Your Majesty, but I, I'm just reading some, some praying women. I'm, I, I'm reading someone who just loves the Lord. I'm, just, I'm reading what I might call a common person with a great impact. And see, mothers, we have to understand that we may not see ourselves the way God sees us. We may see ourselves as, well, you know, I'm just going to work this job. I'm going to cook this meal. I'll make sure clothes get on. I'm just going to do whatever I can do. I'm just going to go to church. See, we're not seeing ourselves the way God sees us. But God sees us as women who are making and impact women who are causing change, women who are, are setting the atmosphere so that miracles can take place in the lives of those that are around us. Impact. Impact. And our society needs more people with a positive impact to continue to step up and nurture 
step up and love. Step up and cultivate the minds of those that are around you. Yes, our young people need it. Mm -hmm. But let me tell you, I learned as a youth. I learned as a young adult. I learned as an adult. I am learning even more so as a middle-aged adult. And I will continue to learn as I age into senior adulthood. I need nurturing ladies around me. I need women of God who are prayerful, who are seeking the face of God. They don't have to be my age or older. I need to know that you love the Lord. I I, I, I was so blessed. I get so blessed when I see the praise and the worship. When I when I when I can just say, "Oh yes, yes, yes," bring me on into that place. Bring me on into that place of worship. Help me to just reach out to God. Help me to stir my faith up. See, I'm blessed by that. That's impact. That, 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 that's an effect it has on me. I, I'm blessed when I, when the musicians are in harmony and, they, and, and, and they're playing and they're, and they're conscious of the things of God and they want to make sure that they give God their best. I'm blessed by that. That's an impact. Yeah. And I'm welcome in the door and I see a smiling face. Welcome to the house of the Lord. <laughs> that's impact. That's a strong effect that sets the atmosphere that causes miracles to happen. See, we we might be waiting for the big assignment, (laughs) but God wants to know that we're faithful in the current assignment. Impact. We need people that we can learn from because learning doesn't stop. And when we in our mind have arrived to the point that we can't learn anymore... We might want to ask the Lord to take us on out. Because in this life, we are all going to continue to learn and continue to grow. Because my learning needs to continue, I need to continue to surround myself with men and women of impact on spiritual matters, financial matters, health and wellness, relationships. I am constantly learning. People with a positive impact have a strong effect on others and their environment. And their impact tends to make people and places better. How many of you ever met people that have made your life better? They made you think better. You didn't think you could, and you talked to that right person. He was like, oh, I got it. I got it. I just need to hear it. I just need you to hear that all things was working together for my good. That's what, see, that's what I need to hear this morning. I, I just needed to know that it ain't over to God says it's good. I needed to hear that. That's impact. Let's go back over to Acts chapter 12 and verse 12. And it reads, so when he had considered this, he came to the house of Mary. Peter has considered something. He's become aware of something that's beneficial and and impactful for him. He came to the house of Mary, the mother of John, whose surname was Mark, where many were gathered praying. Peter recognized. He he, kind of came to himself and he said, you know what? This right here, this is good. This is this is beneficial. And, and, and he said, Mary, the house of Mary. 
And you think it in your mind, now who is Mary? And what's so significant about her house? But we see in the latter part of the same verse who Mary is and what is significant about her house. So when he had considered this, he came to the house of Mary And Mary was the mother of John, whose surname was Mark, where many were gathered. Notice the scripture said, praying. He came to the house. And you say, well, they pray in my house sometimes. Yeah, and that's good. Maybe we can get to your house during the prayer time. But Peter had something going on. And, and, and Mary was in the right place at the right time. Peter had encountered a woman of impact. You know how it is, an unexpected experience. Because some people can impact your life and you don't realize it until they're gone. Mm. Some people can make a difference. Some people can cause you to think better and act better. But they're no longer there for you to be able to say, thank you. That's why it's important to say thank you when you can. Because you don't never know how that how the tables could turn and you not have that opportunity. So so today, mothers, we say thank you. Sisters, we say thank you. Because we appreciate who you are. But I was looking at Mary and I said, Well, you know, I mean the scripture's just pretty simple. It says that he came to the house of Mary the mother of John Mark, uh, where many was gathered praying. But there was something significant about Mary. See, Mary was a mother. Can I say that? And a mother is a person who teaches, nurtures, provides, supports. Now, you said, but my mother wasn't all that. But that's okay. I didn't say we all come out of the womb doing all that. But I say over time. Oh, come on now. you got to give us some grace. I say over time, we become teachers, nurturers, providers, and we support. Mm-hmm. And sometimes our teaching has to allow the word to teach us. Come on now. Sometimes that as we grow in Christ, we're better teachers. We're better able to nurture according to the word of God. We're better able to provide and to support. But Mary was a mother, trait number one. And she was also hospitable. In other words, she had a friendly, welcoming environment for others. How do I know that? Because people came together at her house to pray. And you know, you don't necessarily screen people when they say they come to pray. You just say, okay, well, come on in, right? You may screen people when they come to do other stuff. You say, now, I don't know if I'm going to let you in my house. But she had a house that people came together to pray. And finally, she had to be a woman of prayer to have the reputation that her house was known to be a place of prayer. Mary. Mary was especially beneficial to Peter at this time in his life because she had and she represented a safe place. 
Her home represented a place of safety, a place of comfort, a place of peace. You know how it is when you say, you know, I just like to go see so-and-so-and-so. Because, I mean, I just it's just so restful, so relaxing. In fact, we just recently took a little short trip and, and, and had no idea that it was going to be orchestrated. And my sweet daughter said, you know, I just love to go visit so-and-so. It's so peaceful. I just needed that. You know, some people have that, that it's something about them. You know how it is. You like to go to Big Mama House. You ain't just trying to get no cornbread. You like to go to Big Mama House because you feel safe at Big Mama House. The world kind of stops. You don't feel like that pressure you felt. You know how it is when you go to Mama Nam? You go to Mama Nam house and you're like, yeah, I want some potato pie. But you know what? I just like being with Mama Nam. Matter of fact, I was with Mom yesterday. And it was just, I just wanted to be there. I just wanted to be near her. You know? Because that's that safe place. That place that you feel that support. That place that you can identify with. But Peter needed that. Because Peter was having a moment. You ever had the moments? Many of us have moments. Some we recognize and some we don't recognize. But Peter was having a moment. Let's look at Acts chapter 12 and we'll see what kind of moment Peter had. And that's why Mary was so significant at that window of time. So if we look at Acts chapter 12, verses 1 through 5, Herod was in a mood. And God's church and God's people was the target of his mood. Herod was what I would consider a people pleaser. And whatever he had to do to keep power to please the people, he was willing to do it. He didn't, it didn't matter if it hurt people in the church. It didn't matter if it hurt the, the leaders in the church. Herod didn't care because he wanted the power. And so whatever he had it to do, you're going to see it in the text. He was something else. But you know what now? You got some people pleasers today. They'll say the right thing. Being in the church world, being in government, being in education. Hey, if they can get the people on their side and they can keep the power, you know they got a little hair on in them. But let's let's see what the text says. Acts chapter 12, verses 1 through 5. Now about that time, Herod the king stretched out his hand to harass some from the church. And the Bible is clear. Herod was harassing the church. He was oppressing them. He was bringing evil to them. Then he killed James, the brother of John, with the sword. So not only was he harassing them, he was killing folks. Okay? And because he saw that, notice, it pleased the Jews, they were agreeable with him, he proceeded further to seize Peter. So I told you, Peter was having a moment. And when you have a moment, you need a Mary in your life. And she at her house praying, and she got other people praying. Now it was during the days of unleavened bread, if we see over in verse 4, so when he had arrested him, being Peter, he put him in prison and delivered to him four squads of soldiers to keep him. So Herod was a mess, and Peter was a threat. And so he said, look, hey, I'm getting this one. I just got one. I just killed one. But this one right here, oh, he's going to prison. 
That's that's it. And a matter of fact, y'all better not let him get out. Can't you just imagine? Now, I, I know I'm speaking for Hera, but clearly, if you got four squads of soldiers on one person, you're feeling something about that person, right? So I said, Lord, what is this four squads? Well, a squad is like you got four soldiers. You got two right there with the inmate. I know, I know, D, I'm out of my league, but pray with me. You got two with the inmate, according to the script. And two on watch. And he had four squads. So that meant he had somebody to watch throughout the night. We ain't letting these, we ain't letting these guards get tired. We gonna make sure that he does not leave. Peter was feeling something. Maximum security. That's what we know it as. That means you're doing everything you can to make sure Peter stay in place. But Peter goes from Hera being after him to God's hands delivering him. Let's keep reading Acts chapter 12, 5 through 11. So Peter was therefore kept in prison, but constant, come on saints, constant prayer was offered to God for him by the church. See, we can't stop praying now. We might not see it, but you don't know that the prayers in the church is causing things to happen in the world. Constant prayer, earnestly, intentional praying for, for Peter. And verse 6, and when Herod was about to bring him out that night, Peter was sleeping, bound with two chains between two soldiers, and the guards before the door were keeping the prison. I told you, maximum security. And we're going to keep him rested up because we're going to do four squads. So we're going to make sure Peter ain't going to get away. Somebody said, but God's. Verse 7, now behold, an angel of the Lord stood by him, and a light shone in the prison. And he struck Peter on the side and raised him up, saying, arise quickly. And his chains fell off his hands. Verse 8, then the angel said to him, gird yourself and tie on your sandals now, Peter. (laughs) And so he did. And he said to him, put on your garment and follow me. Something about the hand of God. Something about praying people. Man, you don't know what, what is being orchestrated in your life because people are praying. You don't know what promotion. They, they about to say, come on in the office now. I got a promotion for you. Come on in the office. Now. I'm going to give you a raise. It's well overdue. I know I should have given to you before, but I, I come on in because I got something for you. So he went out, verse 9, and followed him. And did not know what was done by the angel was real. Did not know that what was done by the angel was real. But thought he was seeing a vision. Peter said, what is going on? Last I checked, I had soldiers all around me and they weren't getting tired. And now you're telling me to get up, put my sandals on, put my garment on, and we're about to go. From Herod to God. Isn't it amazing to know that it doesn't matter how big the demons, the dark forces, the evil things come at you. They're not bigger than our God. Man. Verse 10. When they were past the first and second guard post, told you, maximum security, they came to the iron gate that leads to the city, which opened to them of its own accord. Man. He got soldiers around, and they got to get through the iron gate. Didn't stop God. And they went out and went down one street, and immediately the angel departed from him. Peter's testimony was solidified at that point. 
When he finally comes to himself, you know how it is. See, a good fiery trial will solidify your testimony. You may shout because you heard a good word. You may shout because you felt something going on. You had chills. But when you come out to fire and you know that the hand of God has delivered you because you think that thing was going to overtake you, oh, that testimony gets settled in. You got that confidence that you didn't have before that fiery trial. You said, Lord, if you just get me out of this, Lord, I will serve you. Lord, if you would just heal my body, God, I ain't sure what it is. And I know I shouldn't have done what I did, but God, if you would just heal my body. God, if you would just cause this boss man to forget I just acted a clown and about to lose my job. If you can cause him to just forget everything that just happened. Forget the email I sent. Forget the text message, oh God. If you can do this for me, see that? <laughs> solidify your testimony. But don't let me get too personal now. I, my, my testimony has been solidified over time. And you got to know when your testimony is solidified. Because that's what holds you in the midst of the next trial. But it does something when our testimony is solid. Our confidence and our conviction in our sovereign God tends to go to a whole nother level. When we actually sit and ponder and think of his goodness. You know, when I think of the goodness of Jesus... And all that he's done for me. Think about how he protected me. Listen to that powerful testimony. Think about how he delivered me. How he rescued me. How he provided for me when I didn't think I was going to have what I needed when I needed. But the hand of God turned that thing around. How he gave me a vehicle when I didn't have one. Gave me a place to stay. See, some, sometimes we forget. You know, sometimes, you know, when you get in the church for like about 10 minutes, you might forget what he brought you for. But see, I'm here to remind you that, that God brought us from a mighty, mighty long way. And Peter realized that. And so when we get over to Acts chapter 12 and verse 11, and when Peter had come to himself, in other words, when the miracle had been performed, when it was finished, he said, now I know for certain that the Lord has sent his angel. In other words, you're not going to convince me of anything different. Oh, I know that the Lord opened up this doorway for me to be in this house. Oh, I know that the Lord provided for me to have a car. Oh, I know that the Lord made sure that I had food in my pantry. So Peter says, now I know. You got to know. He says, now I, 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 I know for certain. That the Lord has sent his angel and has delivered me from the hand of Herod and from all the expectation of the Jewish people. He said, I know, I know the Lord has plucked me out. I know he rescued me. When God's delivering power, his protecting power, when salvation is on the scene, it helps us to know things. So as we see, Peter had experienced some things in life. I told you he was having a moment. And see, when you're having a moment and a marriage shows in your life, you can appreciate them. Come on now. Don't lose sight on what God has done. Because sometimes we take people for granted when, in fact, we really should be appreciating them. Mary, being a praying mother who was hospitable, 
and a strong impact on Peter to the point that we read about her today. So it seemed like she wasn't doing much. It seemed like she just had people at her house praying. But our name ain't in the scripture. Come on. Mary's name, by name, is in the text. Shout out to the praying mothers and women who create that welcoming environment. Mary was hospitable. She was a mother. And you know, it's one thing to be a PK. I said, ooh, that's a PM right there. That's a, that's a, a preacher's mama. I mean, I know PKs go through stuff, but I don't know how I'm feel if somebody is trying to kill my child for the gospel's sake. But John Mark, hey, that was his mama. But that's who she was. But we go on in verse 13, Acts chapter 12, and we're going to meet another little sister in the faith. And as Peter knocked at the door of the gate, a girl named Rhoda came to answer. Now, Rhoda's name means Rose. She was a servant girl. Rhoda was busy being the best version of herself. Because, you know, sometimes when we at the door, see, sometimes we think some gifts are better than others. I don't prophesy. I don't sing. I, 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 I don't, you know, speak with other tongues. I, I, I'm just standing at the door. But let me tell you about standing at the door. Don't, 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 don't look down on standing at the door now. Rhoda was being the best version of herself. And it appears that she was content in being and doing what she was called to do. Rhoda was keeping the door. In fact, she was not just a door holder, but she was good at what she does and attentive to the task. Notice Acts chapter 12 and verse 14. And it says, when she recognized Peter's voice, because of her gladness, she did not open the gate, but ran in and announced that Peter stood before the gate. Notice she recognized his voice. Can we recognize our leader's voice? He'd been in prison. He'd been under maximum security. You know, you'd be looking like, okay, I heard you say you were preaching the gospel, but you've been in prison. <laughs> and you come knocking at this door? And that wasn't Rhoda. She was so glad she left the gate. She went ghost on Peter. She's like, I guess Peter's like, now late, man, don't y'all know here run after me and all these soldiers after me? And you go, what, what? Okay, you know, sometimes we get excited. But Rhoda was so excited about keeping that door, she obviously made it a point to know who was coming in the door. And she was excited when Peter got to the door that she ran to tell the others that he was at the gate. Isn't it good to have people excited to see you? Especially when you done been through. Can I say that one more time? Isn't it good to have people who are excited to see you? Especially when you know you've been through. You beat up, beat down, didn't know you were going to make it. You just glad to get in the door. And somebody say, God bless you. I'm so excited to see you. And some people, they, they scrutinize to see if it's real. Honey, the fact that you said God bless you and I'm excited, I take it. Because you don't know what I've been through. I'm happy to see you. She was excited. Ladies, we never know the impact we're making on others just by showing excitement, being happy to see folks. So Rhoda, she goes ghost on Peter, but her heart was in the right place. In fact, she made herself vulnerable to others by being so eager to share that Peter was at the gate. We have to be careful not to kill the excitement of others by being so preoccupied with things. 
I said, Lord, you preach it to me right now. In fact, sometimes we can misjudge someone's excitement and good intention and make them feel less important for what it is that they're trying to do. But Rhoda was excited. And I had to pray my own self. I said, Lord, help me to be sensitive. Help me to be able to validate people. Help me to be able to affirm people. The next 50 plus years in this life, I want to be known as the affirmer. Like, you know what? Fraylita believed in me. I know I was acting up, but she believed in me. She kept encouraging me. She kept telling me I can do it. And I said, Lord, you know I'm on the potter's wheel. And just in case I slip off, put me back on the wheel now so I can keep encouraging and edifying, Lord. I want that to be my testimony. I want that, that, that to be, what, what, what did you know about her? Oh, she, she encouraged. But I look at Acts chapter 12 and verse 15, and, and look at Rhoda. When she went to them, now remember that, them people were praying. Lord, not the praying saints. But they said to her, you are beside yourself. Rhoda, you out your mind. Uh-uh. Yet she kept insisting that it was so. You know, sometimes it's, you got to be able to say it's so when people don't believe that it's so. They say, oh, you're beside yourself. Uh-uh. No, 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 no. You are out of your, you're not in your right mind. She said, oh, oh, yeah. She kept insisting. Confidently and consistently, it was so. So they said, and it's his angel. You know how people try to tell you they deep, they praying, right? Remember these, the praying people. It's his angel. Mm-mm. Rhoda said, mm-mm, I know who I heard knock at that door. Now, remember, she ain't really seen him. She ain't interacted with him, but she recognized his voice. Ooh, girl, you talking about making an impact. I said, go on, Rhoda. So th- three things to remember about Rhoda. One, she was a servant, a person who performs duties and executes the commands of others. So she was securing who she was called to be. Matthew 23 and 11 tells us, but he who is greatest among you shall be your servant. I know you think your boo, your boss, your BFF is the greatest one. But let me tell you, the Bible said he that is greatest among you shall be your servant. Help us, sis. We got to keep serving. Number two, she knew them that labored among her. She recognized them. People that worked hard to the point that they were exhausted she knew him. First Thessalonians 5 and 12 says, And we urge you, brethren, to recognize those who labor among you and are over you in the Lord and admonish you. She knew. She recognized Peter. He had been through. But she recognized him. And she was persistent, tenacious, constant, continuing firmly in sharing her story. She said, it's so. I know y'all deep. I know y'all praying. Y'all might be some minister, preacher, apostles, and everybody else. She said, but it's so. I know that's Peter and Kate. <laughs> I believe that Rhoda's lifestyle and mindset had a strong impact on the environment to the point when she recognized Peter, whether she realized it or not. And ladies, sometimes we may not realize just by operating in our gift the impact we're making on someone else. You may be a person that, 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 that extends mercy, extends grace. You may be a praiser. You may be an intercessor. You may be a giver. But you don't really know what your gift is doing to impact someone else. Verse 16. Now, Peter knocking. Remember Peter still at that door? 
Peter continued knocking. And when they opened the door and saw him, they were astonished. Mm, you just told Rhoda she was out of her mind. Isn't it amazing how perspective can change? The people praying told Rhoda she was beside herself. And God had a way of showing them, hmm, you might be beside yourself. At times, we can be praying people and still come up short in our faith. Can I be okay with saying that? We love the Lord. We're praying. We're seeking the face of God. But sometimes we can still miss a move of God. Praying for souls to be saved and delivered, but not seeking, seemingly excited to help souls out when they're looking for help. Praying that souls would arrive, coming to the house, but not making our way to get to know them, to give them an encouraging word. Pray that we will receive bountiful blessing, but not willing to allow our actions to sow and to keep trusting God. Praying, but do we really believe what we're praying? Sometimes, we may think we're ready for the big assignments, but the Holy Spirit said, hold on, wait a minute, let's do something small. Let's, let's, let's. I like the word because I said, Lord, you know how to keep us humble in this word. You know how to keep us growing and want more of you because we think we are here and you show us we're there. You know how it is. It's kind of like you have a 16-year-old and they say, you know what, God? Uh, my parents, I want to go uh, down on, um, I want to get in the car, and I'm going to go down uh, 285 and get on 400, and um, I'm going to go hang out with my buddies. And you're like, 16, you ain't getting on no, you barely getting on 27. You, what you? But in their mind, because they with their friends, they feel like they can do it, right? So you said, well, wait a minute. How about I just let you ride in rush hour traffic on two-lane road and let people start blowing at you and mess with your mind and see if you're quite ready to get on 285, 400 so you can go hang out with your friends. You know, sometimes that's how the Holy Ghost will do us. I know you're ready for the big ride, but can you be faithful in prayer? I, I know you're ready for the big ride, but can I count on you to go and witness the X, Y, Z? I said, Lord, you, 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 you helping me now. You really, you really are helping me. Acts 12 and 17. I'm closing it up. Let's look at the final part of this. The people are excited. They see Peter. Now they believe. They, they beside themselves. But notice what Peter said. Peter motioned to go to them with his hand. He said, keep silent. <laughs> he declared. Let me see that. But motioned to them with his hand to keep silent. He declared to them how the Lord had brought him out of the prison. And I noticed that. I said, you know what? They were ready to tell it then. Now, they didn't believe Rhoda. But now that they saw him, oh, walk by faith and not by sight. Hmm, praying people. You had to see him. But Peter said, hold on. Let me make sure you got your testimony right. Because see here, you about to go tell something you see. And, and he had to sit and, and, and kind of talk to them. Notice he declared to them how the Lord had brought him out. He related to them. He recounted what actually occurred. And then he said, go tell these things to James and to the brethren. And he departed and went to another place. I 
I said, Lord, you make sure we get good instructions. You tell us to hold on before we go take off, try to tell what we think we saw. He said, no, nah, I need you to know the whole story. You see me now, but if you only knew what God brought me out of, your story, your testimony would be so much stronger. Acts 12 and 18 reads, Then as soon as it was day, there was no small stir. Let me tell you what, Herod was hot. The whole fact that he didn't had all these men guarding Peter and they still got away. Oh yeah, he went, he was, he, hey, it was no small stir among the soldiers about what had become of Peter. I said, Lord, these ladies, Mary, with her praying self in her house, welcoming people in to pray. And Rhoda with her excitement, getting them all pumped up, and then they ready to go tell. But notice in verse 19, Acts chapter 12, 19. But when Herod had searched for him and had not found him, he examined the guards and commanded that they should be put to death. Let me tell you, there's some trials and, and, and trouble that we deal with that the enemy is relentless. We pause and talk about we tired. He said, oh, no. I'm going to make sure. I'm going to make sure that I continue to come after him. And sometimes he comes after our mothers. But we're so busy relying on them to be here and to do this and to help with this and to support us here and to give us that. We don't realize that the enemy is relentless. We need to pray for our mothers. And sometimes, mother, he's after our children. We don't realize, be it our children, our grandchildren, our great-grandchildren, whatever the case is. And so we say, oh, they're so cute, they're so cute. But you got to know there's a demon that's after them, too. Relentless. And sometimes they're after our brothers, our fathers, the uncles. See, there's a Herod always trying to cause havoc. But we got to make sure that we're praying people. We got to make sure that we're lifting each other up. We got to make sure that we realize that we can make an impact. Be it Mary, being hospitable. A safe place for people to come in, to, to feel comfortable, to, to, to be refreshed, or be at Rhoda, being excited to tell others about what the, the power of God is doing. Both of those ladies were women of impact. And I just want to encourage you, whatever it is that God allows you to do at your job, at your home, in your neighborhood, at your church. Be a woman of impact. And I further encourage all of us to encourage the women in our lives and let them know how much we appreciate their influence, their effect, that they're making us better. On this Mother's Day, on this Mother's Day, Let us reflect just what it means to have a mother in our lives. Be it our mother, be it our godmother, our grandmother, a sister that we call, whoever it is. And let them know that they made an impact on us. That's all I have today. That's what I believe the Lord has given me. Women of impact that are in the faith. Stand to your feet. Thank you so much for listening to today's message. Please subscribe to our podcast.
And if you're ever in the Villarica area, you can visit us at 3193 South Van Wert Road in Villarica, Georgia, on Sunday mornings at 10 and Wednesday evenings at 7. You can also reach us at 770-459-6221. That's 770-459-OCC1. Follow us on Facebook at Overcomers Christian Center and visit us online at occvr.org. We pray that you're empowered and equipped in today's world.